time for Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. The first hour of Sports Time is brought to you by Lexus of Memphis. Here are your hosts, Brett Statz-Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome in to Sports Time on a Thursday. Bryant and Brett with you for the next three hours. A lot to get to. We thought we were going to have playoff baseball today. Four series, four wild card series, um, all having their second game yesterday, and all of them uh, finish off in a sweep. So no baseball today. We'll get uh, baseball back on Saturday when we have a full day of college football. But we've got Thursday night football tonight in the NFL. We've also got two college football games tonight uh, from the CUSA. They're going with uh, a midweek type schedule going forward until Maction starts uh, later in uh, November. They are hey, they've been scared off by uh, the Maction during the week, but uh, it should be a fun night, even though we don't have any baseball. But uh, we're we, uh, we're with you in our Family Leisure Studios, uh, Brian and Brett, like I said, and, and Brett Norsworthy. Uh, how you doing this afternoon? I'm doing well, Brian. Let's do some more radio. You ready? We ain't done enough Let's do today. it. Let's do it. Never Let's enough. Let's do it. You- you you got two hours in. I got an hour That's in. Right. We got three more in. Three more hours in. Both of us until six o'clock. Johnny Hill with us as well, and we're looking forward to the day and the weekend. I was I'm like you. I was looking forward to baseball for sure tonight, but none Saturday. They're going to fan them out twelve three forty five six oh seven and eight twenty as we have about every time zone going. Yeah. And when we get the Diamondbacks at home, we'll really get every uh, almost mm-hmm. every time zone going. Uh, at some point next week, and I'm surprised with the uh, the four sweeps, and it it I think it's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of recrimination in Milwaukee mm-hmm. for the, the, their early exit again. Through the years, I've joked called them the the seat warmers in the National League Central. Okay, they want it really want it wire to wire this year, not challenged that much. The Reds uh, at times and and the Cubs at other times, but it was mostly Milwaukee. And they get to the postseason and lay a big goose egg. Mm-hmm. No, they they do. And and I saw uh, I saw a little stat yesterday uh, from Bob Nightingale uh, talking about the NL Central and just how bad these teams have been in postseason play over the last couple of years. Uh, the last time uh, an NL Central team won a postseason series was in 2019. The division is two and twenty in postseason play. So uh, obviously. Uh, not uh, not very good the last couple of years for the NL Central, and, and the Brewers certainly didn't do them any favors uh, with, with what they did at home hosting that wild card series against the D-backs. Big crowd. Yeah, no, good crowds all over the place, really, outside of Tampa. Well, except of for Tampa. Yeah, yeah, except for Tampa. But I thought really good crowds. I, I talked a lot yesterday about the, the crowds in Philly, and I thought they were good again last night as, as Philly really takes care of, of Miami, and I, I think we both agreed. I, I don't think we expected much from Miami, some injuries there with the them um, really had to fight to get into Great the season. postseason, but exactly a fantastic season. If they can get some of those arms healthy for next year, that could be a really, really scary team uh, uh, to, to to play against next year. Yeah, to think they did that without Alcantara, yeah. really contributing anything all year. But that that Bob Nightingale nugget is really um, just startling. Yeah, the last champion out of the Central was the Cubs in 2016. Yeah. Yeah. And time has marched on sure from, has. from that. Uh, um, I mean, next year that ne- the next time they get a chance from the central to win one that that'd be eight years. Mm-hmm. And and I, I said it the other day: the last time the Cardinals advanced in the postseason was 2014, and the last wow. World Series was 2013. 
and how futile that division has been in the postseason mm-hmm. just highlights how crummy the Cardinals were <laughs> this year. You you got to win that division, and you were never competitive. Twenty mm-hmm. under five hundred, yep. seventy one and ninety one. Crazy. I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous. But I did, and, and out of it from Memorial Day mm-hmm. on, no doubt, no doubt. No, I mean, we we tuned out. Almost middle of summer. I mean, we were mm-hmm. we were checked out. But I saw uh, one of the riders up in St. Louis. I don't remember exactly who it was, um, but he did his uh, grades for every position. Oh, they're great, the book, huh? yeah, they, I, hey, they're taking notes from us, Brad. You know, they yeah. they decided to pull, pull out the old grade book. They did position players. I think uh, in the story it said they were going to do pitchers uh, maybe later this week or next week. And I mean, there were a lot of there were a lot of C's. There were a lot of D's um, for a lot of guys in in the field. Position. Positions for the Cardinals, and I agree. I mean, no I, A's, no, not a single A. Uh, I think there were Cardinals a couple. Bitten, yeah. And Arenado didn't deserve one. No, and I think Arenado might have gotten a D. I mean, I thought a, a very Deserved. disappointed, uh, disappointing season for Arenado. And, and for Arenado, I mean, both of those guys should have been twenty points higher yeah. and, and, and five to eight more home runs. Well, and yeah, yeah, absolutely. And even for Arenado, a guy that every single year, really since he's come into the league, you've been consistent. Uh, with that glove and has really been a stellar third baseman and he got better I think as the season went on but I remember looking at about the halfway point of the season and uh, I mean a lot of errors at third base uh, you know that that percent that fielding percentage was I think a good bit lower than it's been in any season um, that he's played in Major League Baseball so not a good season at all all around for the Cardinals but when you have uh, both of your star players at the corners really struggling uh, it's hard for you to do much. It is, and so the National League Central, they're out of it, but mm-hmm. baseball continues. Yep. And it'll be fun now, the best three out of five, as we get into the next round and maybe on a collision course for Astros Rangers in an ALCS. That would, that would, that would, that would be fun. That would be fun. I, you mentioned that yesterday. I would love to see that, especially with how wild that AL West was last, or uh, the last couple of weeks of the season. So I would love to see that. I, I, I saw a video of Twins fans leaving the ballpark last night chanting, We want Houston. Uh, I, I would maybe, uh, Think again before chanting that because I think uh, the Astros are a really good team and I don't uh, think that way with when it comes to the Twins. I think they were uh, kind of lucky to get out of this series. I thought really poor managing for the Blue Jays. I mean, you have uh, you have Barrios on the mound who I mean three innings he's given up three hits, one run, and five strikeouts. Only first walk and then they pull him immediately after that. I understand it's a winner go home game and you know you got to have a short leash leash on these pitchers, but I, I thought that decision was a little was a little crazy. They bring Kikuchi in, um, who's one of their starters, but they bring him out of the bullpen. He doesn't go very long. I just thought it kind of some weird decisions. Not saying that leaving in Barrios would have won that game for the Blue Jays, but when you lose two nothing and your starting pitcher only gives up a run and seems to be really pitching well all in all, I thought that was a weird uh, weird decision. And, and ultimately, the the Twins survive. So I did all the numbers on the now the, all the teams in the playoffs mm-hmm. with the elimination of Tampa Bay, Toronto, Milwaukee, and the Marlins. So you add in Philadelphia, Baltimore, Houston, Atlanta, and the Dodgers. And I did the Dodgers just since they've been in Los Angeles, which now is a, a long time. And I did Atlanta just while they've been in Atlanta and Baltimore while they've just been in Baltimore because at one time they they were the St. Louis Browns. Mm-hmm. Been in Baltimore since early fifties, so so long enough. No shocker. So the number of different teams the Dodgers have played 
in the postseason from baseball. So they'd have 29 teams to play. Right. Not counting themselves. They played against 20. <laughs> wow. That's the incredible. Only, the only National League teams they have never played in a postseason, the Marlins and Colorado. Wow. That's, that is, I mean, that's insane. And, and they were new franchises together in 93. Yeah. So, you know, they, they've been around a little while, but not that long. Atlanta, 18 different teams. That's, that's just in Atlanta. Uh, the only, the only National League team, only one they like never have played in the postseason, Washington. Really? Interesting. And I mean, these numbers, especially when you kind of go back and think about, uh, the numbers you brought for the wild card teams, and it was like nine, uh, 11. I mean, it was like single digits, low double seven digits. For Texas. Seven. Yeah. And, and now you've got 20 and 18. That's crazy. Yeah. And, and you, you have 16 with the Philadelphia Phillies. They're now 62 and 60 all time in playoffs. And the only nationally teams uh, they like to have played. The uh, Mets, Washington, Cubs, Pittsburgh, and Arizona. Wow, wow! I so I mean, uh, I mean, it, it just shows the success from these teams. I mean, they've played a played a lot of opponents, and so I guess I shouldn't be super surprised. But man. and we're really just now in this round with a lot of rounds of baseball playoffs. Yeah. We kind of always mm-hmm. have had that NBA and NFL, right. but baseball for a long, long time. You won the American League, and you were right to the, yeah. the World Series. Then, Absolutely. you know, in the late sixties, here, here came the LCS, and now the the, the various rounds mm-hmm. of baseball playoffs. The Dodgers all time in Los Angeles in playoffs one oh nine and one oh five. Wow, winning record. Barely, Atlanta eighty eight and ninety five wow. all the time. I mean, that's a lot of games. That's a Houston lot of games. seventy seven and seventy one. Really? Houston's racking up their tradition. They sure are. That's kind of surprises me that they have a uh, a winning record in these games. But I I really am uh, excited for these games to start on Saturday. I wish I know I understand travel time and you want to give these wild card teams a couple of days break. But I really wish we were getting these games underway tomorrow because uh, that'd be a lot of fun to watch. But you asked me yesterday before we left. Um, how my kind of viewing uh, was going to be last night for all these games. How? What was your viewing like last night? What, what, what got uh, the most airtime? It was mostly baseball, yeah. but I, I, I would I would flip over and watch Rich Rodriguez some, and it showed him on the sideline after a play that was wide open and how mad. Uh-huh. I, I'm telling you, and and, and I'm sorry. I, 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 no, I'm not sorry that I don't on the air, but off the air I can use some really bad language. I, <laughs> I do, in. Uh, but Rich Rodriguez, one year he was at Ole Miss. I it made me blush how he could cuss. <laughs> he, I I've, I don't know that in opening day that year in Memphis, 2019, Memphis and Ole Miss, Brady White against Matt Corral. Matt Corral his first college start. Tigers win 15 to 10 that day, and the you know where the on the broadcast floor sure. how close the visiting well how close everything really yeah, really is cramped and. Is one of the things that badly needs to be remodeled. I, I know fans don't care about the broadcast right. area, but people, and they don't care about the local guy, guys, but I, but people coming in nationally, that's their impression of the building because that's really all that's they all see. see yeah. That's where they're working. That's their, uh, uh, office for the day uh-huh. when they all tweet that. And that day, I could hear animated language. Oh man. And I, I thought, you know, man, this could almost go out over a mic. Oh, it's man. so loud. 
And for a second, then I quickly realized I heard him just really demonstrative screaming and cursing at Matt, at Matt. And I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, man. is he talking to Matt Luke like that? Oh. And, and then I realized, no, he's got to oh, be talking Matt to Corral. Matt Corral like oh, that. Good yeah. Lord. I can imagine. <laughs> is he really talking to that coach like that? Good Lord. Um, I'm thinking you could coach one game ever talking yeah. to the head coach like that, but yeah. it, it was not. But, and, and I, and I like Rich Rodriguez. And oh, again, yeah. I, I don't, I don't sound like. Uh, a prude or a hypocrite, because I don't want, I don't want to be e- either one. I, cu- I cuss exactly like Rich Rodriguez was that day, but it, it was amazing to hear. Well, I saw uh, last night, I guess uh, it was when uh, Jacksonville State ended up coming down and kicking a field goal to go up by like one or two after that big comeback they had, and they panned down to, to Rich Rod on the sidelines, and he's just wearing the offensive line out. I mean, just Well, they just missed the wheel route. Right, right, mm-hmm. and so he's just giving it to him, and I'm sitting there like, I understand, but man, you just had this big comeback, you're up now, I mean, let's let's cut that offensive line a little bit of slack. But in the history of people, of coaches cursing, and everybody out there that ever had anything to do with him knows who was the all-timer. Oh, yeah. Kevin O'Neill. Really? Kevin O'Neill, when he was at Tennessee, Ron Higgins swears. He, he's at courtside when every, when everybody used to kind of be down yeah. on, on the desk. You know, now people in sure, far-flung people areas of the, the of, of the building. But Ron's down on the desk, and it was a play near the Tennessee bench. And Ron's right there. And Kevin O'Neill is berating and cursing his own player so horribly, so bad, the ref said, Coach, lighten up. And he he didn't a bit any. And finally the ref said, Coach, I'm going to do something I've never done before. If you don't quit cussing this kid like that, I'm going to give you a technical for cussing your own kid. Wouldn't that be something? Almost got a technical for cursing his own players so horribly. It, it, it was unbelievable. He, 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 he really, he, he could not exist in, in mixed company because he, no. he could not turn off. And I, and I don't mean the little bitty ones. I mean <laughs> the big ones. Wow. Oh, I, you know, I at FedEx Forum for a couple of years. I sat right there behind the, uh, the visiting team's bench. Danny Hurley. Oh, Dan Hurley. I mean, yeah. words that I was not familiar with were coming out of Dan Hurley's mouth to his players. He's close to the Kevin um, O'Neill Hall of Fame. And he, he is not shy about it. I, I mean, I no. had, I had fans sitting behind me going, man, does he cuss like this all the time? Or is it just because they're losing? I was like, ah, no, I'm pretty sure this is, pretty sure this is standard Dan Hurley from everything I've heard. I mean, it, it was, I mean, looking back on it, it was hilarious, but whoo, he was, uh, he was letting it fly. It really that night. did. It, it, it had people blushing right behind yes, the bench area. Yes. And then I would, you know, later on when, when, uh, UConn would come back or, or, uh, when they were in the, the year they were here for the, uh, for the American tournament and seeing other media members tweet out like, I'm hearing Dan Hurley, uh, say some words that I, I could not tweet out on, on Twitter. I'm like, yep. That's about right. That's, That's Dan him. Hurley for you. So uh, That's coaches, though. That It is. It is. And, uh, you know, hey, those those players are, are used to it at this point, I guess. But. And that's why, you know, for whatever reason, whatever setting, that you know, the, the language a few weeks ago on the conversation that Lane Kiffin thought was private, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I said that day, I said, shocker, coach yeah. is cursed. Shocker, yeah. I mean, who, who would have ever and guessed? Especially when they don't know they're being taped. Right, right. I mean, who would have thought that a collegiate coach would uh, would have a bad mouth? That's uh, that's surprising. But let me set up today's show before we get to top and not top story 
of the day, 3.30, Bill Bender from the Sporting News will join us to talk some college football. Uh, as we get into week six, uh, we're really starting off on Saturday. We had some games last night, games tonight as well, but things really get kicked off on Saturday. So we'll talk college football in the next segment with Bill Did Bender. you see the Red River shootout number? No. Since 1955. Okay. 33-33-3. Whoa. For all the marbles, I mean, that, that's that series, isn't it? Wow, that's incredible! Thirty-three wins, thirty-three losses, three ties, and equal distance from the center of OU's campus to the Cotton Bowl Stadium as it is from the center of Austin's campus to Cotton Bowl Stadium. Are you serious? Yeah, that, 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 that's in those notes every year, and it? it's Holy amazing cow. to know. Yeah, I mean, just meant to be. That's crazy. It and, and it's staying there in the SEC. Yeah. I heard that's awesome. Chris Childers and Rick Neuheisel early, early this morning on, on, on satellite radio uh-huh. saying that Slive should go to midfield with a bullhorn and lead to <laughs> both sides in SEC. I love well, it. Come on, guys. You're two days left. I mean, we, we've been on that. We've been talking about that all week. Yeah, but uh, we'll definitely have to get to that game uh, with Bill and a lot of other intriguing games this week. In 345, we'll get back into the baseball conversation and start kind of looking ahead at some of these matchups starting on Saturday. Four o'clock, Keith Smith uh, from Track and the front office show will join us to talk the NBA. Brett, we've had our first NBA preseason game. It's already in the books. Mavericks versus Timberwolves in Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. That's yeah. right. I may or may not have had money on the wrong team, but hey, that's why. <laughs> that's what preseason is for. We're, we're getting ready for the regular season. We're practicing. We got to make sure. No, you didn't bet on a preseason game at Abu Dhabi, did you? I did. I, I, I bet on the oh. Mavs. I may or may not have seen a tweet this morning talking about the starting lineup that the Mavericks were rolling out today, and I got so excited. I said, to heck with it. I'm going to bet on this game. But hey, that's what the preseason is for. We're working out. You know, we're ironing uh, all of these uh, wrinkles out right. before the regular season like spring starts. football. Exactly. So uh, we'll talk a lot of NBA with Keith Smith. 4.30, uh, we'll preview tonight's Thursday night football game. Bears and Commanders will also get to some other NFL notes. 4.45, we'll get to big number of the day. 5 o'clock, Max Chadwick, uh, the college football analyst for Pro Football Focus, will join us. We'll talk some more college football with Max at 5 o'clock, 5.30. We'll get to what's trending and at 5.45, We'll wrap up today's show like we always do with Taco Bell Crunch Time. Let me remind you, we're sitting in our Family Leisure Studios where family and fun come together. World's biggest spa sale, it's back and bigger than ever. 50 different miles to choose from 5 different manufacturers, up to 30% off in-stock spas and swim spas, and free upgrades on all in-stock spas. In the 24-month same-ass cash, it's still available, but only at Family Leisure, 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. He's Brian. I'm Brett. We're Sports Time. We're with you until 6 o'clock, 901-360-8255 to text or call us. Johnny Hill in with us as well, but we want you with us at 901-360-8255. From our Family Leisure Studios, we're Sports Time, and it's brought to you every day during this hour by the one and only Lexus dealership in town at 2600 Ridgeway and online at LexusofMemphis.com. Call them at 901-334-9673. 
Great offers on all 2023 models and always special leasing options. Drive in luxury and confidence knowing that every new Lexus comes with complimentary first and second maintenance services. Again, the one and only Lexus dealership in town. Stop by Lexus of Memphis at 2600 Ridgeway and put yourself in the driver's seat of the all-new 2023 flagship LS500. You'll be looking and you'll be driving in style. When you purchase a Lexus, you get top-of-the-line engineering and design and they make for the luxury driving experience. Online at LexusofMemphis.com. Experience amazing. Experience amazing at Lexus of Memphis. Top story of the day. Well, my top story of the day is the MLB postseason. We now uh, have the divisional series all set after uh, four sweeps. We had four wildcard series, four sweeps. It started with the Rangers and their dominating performance over the Rays. And I said this earlier on John's show. I'll say it again. An absolute embarrassment for, for the Rays organization for that team and for that fan base. Not only do you get swept after a historical start to the season, uh, you did it in front of 19,000 on the first day, something that will be talked about for years and years to come. I'm sure this team that was just loaded, everybody was talking about it was loaded. Now, I understand some injuries in that starting pitching rotation, some guys that had to miss the rest of the season, and, and if they were in this rotation in the postseason, maybe would have gone a little differently. But uh, no way around it. This is a disappointing end to the season for the Rays, and we can't forget about the situation going on with their uh, quote-unquote, what they thought at least would be their future star in Wander Franco. Uh, so very, very disappointing, very weird into the year for the Rays. After that, Twins finish off a sweep over the Blue Jays with a 2-0 victory uh, yesterday afternoon. The D-backs surprised, I think, a lot of people with what they did over the Brewers, taking two on the road. Brett, you mentioned the great crowds in Milwaukee, uh, but that was no match for what the D-backs brought. 5-2 win last night over the Brewers. Zach Gallen gets a postseason win, and then we ended off uh, with what I thought the last two days was the best environment in baseball, and that's the Philadelphia Phillies in a 7-1 win over the Miami Marlins. I I didn't think Miami was going to do a ton this postseason, but what Skip Schumacher put together this year in Miami, they get that pitching right. They've got young pitchers that we've talked about, some more minor league guys that could come up next year. I think this team's going to be a really, really tough out next year. And that division they play in, None of those other teams mind spending the money. So, Mm -hmm. great job for Skip Schumacher. My top story, no baseball tonight. Very little NFL tonight. College football, let's take back Thursday night. Let's at least try to compete. And it's not with Sam Houston at Liberty, a winless team against an undefeated team. And it's not with Western Kentucky at Louisiana Tech. We'll watch. but We can do better than that. We could at least have an AAC game. We could have an ACC game. We could have SEC games. Tonight would have been perfect for in Starville for Mississippi State to play on Thursday night and host Western Michigan. That would work tonight. Next week, for instance, I I think Mizzou at Kentucky would work. In three weeks on a Thursday night, Army at LSU. We got to compete on Thursday night with the NFL. They're going all streaming. Let's go traditional and see if we can just crack into that a little bit instead of just seeding Thursday night that used to be the college football night to the NFL. Not top story of the day. Well, that's a really good point by you, Brett. The the fact that Thursday night football is entirely streaming, and nobody's saying, "Hey, college football, let's go and overtake the NFL on Thursday night." But nobody. There, there's a lot of people out there. I know you're one of them that does not have 
Prime Video, and so you cannot watch that game. And there are, I think, a lot of people out there that would watch a college football game on a Thursday night just because it's on regular television. On regular and, TV? Yeah, and on linear television, I think that would draw a lot of eyes. So I think, I mean, that's a that's a great idea. And, and, and none of that's knocking it off. I'm not suggesting right. that. But let's try to compete. We yeah. just rolled over and played dead mm-hmm. on Thursday night. No, you're you're absolutely right. Uh, my uh, not top story of the day. I'm gonna stick with college football, but uh, this is a really I think intriguing story. Tez Walker uh, for the North Carolina receiver that transferred uh, to North Carolina from Kent State uh, has now been ruled eligible after before the season started. They said he was ineligible. They appealed it. They came back and said it was uh, he was ineligible again. Then North Carolina supposedly from all the reporting today submitted new information um, to try to get uh, Tez Walker eligibility in today. Now, after their AD, Bubba Cunningham, is saying nothing new was sent in. Yeah, that they had it all. Which is which is weird um, because you're right. He he has said that, but it seems like all of the reporting from national media are, are pointing to new information that the NCAA got. Um, but for Tez Walker, missing the first five, and for North Carolina, out for the first five weeks of the season and now week six, being able uh, to gain eligibility is very interesting. Now, the NCAA is not happy with North Carolina and how they have uh, dealt with this whole situation because they were really taking shots at the NCAA, I think, for good reason. But uh, now Tez Walker is eligible, and and I think it brings into question um, what will happen with DeAndre Williams in the NCAA because Mm -hmm. if this is true, I know what the AD said, but if this is true that there was, quote-unquote, new information submitted to the NCAA, we know that last week Memphis submitted new information for DeAndre Williams. We're still waiting for an answer back on him, but I think there's some people that could take uh, take some positivity from this in terms of uh, what could happen with DeAndre Williams. Uh, everybody's looking kind of like for white smoke from the Vatican on all mm-hmm. these eligibility questions, and they're backlogged at the NCAA. You're going to get daily tranche of they can or they can't. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I was wrong a, a week or so ago when I didn't think anybody would get past it just with the NCAA being uh, – being petty, but they, they got the relief at North Carolina. My not, not top story, this nothing burger story of the big, bad, sensitive Lakers all mad at huh. Denver and the ring ceremony and the bad feelings from a 4-0 sweep. A 4-0 sweep. It wasn't 4-1. <laughs> no. It wasn't 4-2. It wasn't a classic played 4-3-7 game all-timer. It was 4-zip and easy for Denver over the Lakers last year. And when I say janky bubble titles, that's all they have to show for A.D. and LeBron since they've been Lakers. Down in the bubble, in Florida, during COVID, whatever. And they, I think they beat Denver that year in the Western yeah. Conference Finals, did they not? They did. You know, I didn't hear Denver crying about things like that. Hey, the Lakers, they can give it and they can't take it. <laughs> Has Austin Reeves really done enough to uh, now kind of be talking like he's talking? Yeah, uh, when we last saw Austin Reeves, everybody in the world, at, 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 in the Philippines at the FIBA World Cup, were driving around him like he wasn't even standing mm-hmm. there. And for that matter, Darvin Ham as a head coach, what's he doing? Uh, I haven't won much. And he's got LeBron James. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's 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 interesting, but it, it really was that series was good morning, good afternoon, good night, and see you later uh, to the L.A. Lakers. So I mean, four zip. I mean, I don't I don't really know where all that came from at Media Days. I don't day. either. That was weird. You're you're right about that. That was weird. But that'll do it for top.
and not top story of the day. Let's go ahead and get to our first break of the day. When we come back, we'll talk college football with Bill Bender. Add a little fun to your lunch break. Join Johnny Radio for Sports 56 Happy Hour from 11 to 1 every weekday on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Joining Bryant, Brett, and Jay Morgan now on Sports Time is Bill Bender, National College Football Writer for the Sporting News and on Twitter X at Bill Bender. Here's Bill with Bryant, Brett, and Jay Morgan. Bill Bender joining us now from the Sporting News to talk some college football. Bill, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, I want to start off with the game uh, that Brett was at last week, the uh, offensive showcase between LSU and Ole Miss. I think over a 1,000 yards combined total offense. But for Ole Miss, after losing to Alabama on the road, to be able to come home and get that win over LSU, how impressed were you with their performance? I mean... Great offensive performance. Not yeah, a lot of tackling yeah, in defense, that game. Defense, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, uh, but, you know, huge. And gives Lane a signature win of sorts. Keeps them in the SEC West hunt, depending on how crazy that division gets. And believe me, it could get a little <laughs> crazy. So, uh, but, yeah, also an indictment on LSU's defense. Mm-hmm. Not very good from the Tigers. No, not at all. How crazy does it get in SEC West, mm-hmm. Bill? No, <laughs> it could get real crazy <laughs> if uh, um, A&M beats Alabama yeah. this weekend. That that could throw the wrench into it. The the actual that would be a big win for uh, Texas A&M. Be a huge win for Max Johnson. It also would throw the playoff race in a loop. I think you know the SEC. I know Kirby said this week that everybody deserves to be ranked in that conference. I don't buy that at all. But you know it's still tough week to week, week in, week out to win in that league. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, LSU now after uh, that loss goes up to uh, to play Missouri. Uh, how bought in are you on this Missouri team? Undefeated right now, but that road gets a, a lot tougher these next couple of weeks as they uh, really get into SEC play. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think, you know, Missouri has a chance this weekend. Brady, uh, Brady Cook, I get him in. I always want to say Connor Cook, the old Michigan State <laughs> mm-hmm, quarterback. Yeah. He is about as efficient with the football as can be. Uh, you have completing 70% of his passes. Uh, not, it doesn't hurt to have Luther Burden. He's no, probably the best all. receiver in the country. It, it really depends on which LSU team comes out. I mean, if they're hungover and playing, like, feeling sorry for themselves, they'll lose. If they come out angry, they'll probably win. They played a wild game against each other in 2020, and, and something similar could break out there this weekend. When when Brian Kelly would have deficiencies at Notre Dame, Bill, I just don't remember. Would they be more offensive or defensive? I just remember he shuffled quarterbacks a lot. And that's the, the – mm-hmm. I don't remember them having defensive issues like this, not the secondary, not the back end. I mean, even when they played Alabama, I mean, Alabama would have – Take advantage of them on the perimeter a little bit, but because they had and that guys was a like juggernaut Alabama yeah. team. Yeah, that was Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle and those guys. So mm-hmm. uh, they did that to everybody. So yeah, I, last week was so startling because like I was watching a flag football game in spots for you, Brett. Obviously, it had to be super entertaining to be there. <laughs> but for those it, of us, that it was like the, 
the 24-21 type game. It was it's like, what are these guys doing on D? Yeah, and and it it was a hard hitting physical game. It just was no stops. It was nothing near the line of scrimmage. And and guys playing off and missed tackles. I think LSU had the count of it was seventeen missed tackles in the game, Jeez. maybe more, probably more. Uh, you know, and, and when that happens, you get in games like that. So, yeah, for the Tigers, certainly disappointing. Uh, definitely. Not their best game, and, and they're not going to go to the playoffs because, I mean, unless they win out and a lot of things happen. Uh, what would alarm you more Saturday night or Sunday morning when you get up and digest the day? A, a second Alabama loss or a third LSU loss? Second Alabama loss because that's what we'll all react to. We'll be like, you know, it's not even – Saban's birthday yet, and they're probably done. Um, you know, and the impact of potentially losing to Texas A&M for the second time in three years, because this is a Texas A&M team that's played a little better. You know, some of it's Wigman being out and Max Johnson being a veteran quarterback played a lot of football, and some of it is the defense has looked pretty good. And you know, for Alabama, it's a matter of. And they, they've figured some things out. I, I like the way they played against Mississippi State last week. I think they'll continue rolling. Yeah. Uh, this weekend we start uh, Saturday morning with some really fun games, the big one being uh, Red River this weekend. Uh, and I've really had a lot of fun watching both Oklahoma and Texas play this year. Uh, at Texas, obviously, the big win at Alabama earlier in the season. Uh, what do you expect from this one on Saturday? Uh, good game. I mean, it's really, this is the first time that I can remember where favored Texas so heavily. Mm-hmm. This game's a coin flip, right? You're like, ah, eh, one-score game either way makes sense. First time they've both been undefeated in a while, I think 12 years. Uh, last one in the Big 12, and I talked to Chris Hummer, 24-7 sports guy, about this this week. And, you know, he's always been attached to this game. He's as good as there is covering the Big 12. That's why I throw caution. Yeah, I mean, on paper, Texas wins by 10. Yeah. And But when you say that, this is an Oklahoma team that's probably being undervalued a little bit as an unbeaten team. And this is probably Brent Venable's best chance to prove the critics wrong after a rough year last year. Should should Brett Yormark be in attendance Saturday at this game? They're still Big 12 teams. And they're still Big 12 contenders. And that bad blood, I get it. This is part of the realignment of college football, which is ugly. I mean, you know, but I, I think, yes, they're still in the Big 12. And, you know, the, the Pac-12 is still the Pac-12. USC's not a Big 10 team yet. They're a Pac-12 team. And I, I think that's something to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Talking to Bill Bender from the Sporting News, uh, another game at 11 a.m. on Saturday, Maryland versus Ohio State. I've heard a lot of people talking about this game. Ohio State, uh, a 20-point favorite. Is there any uh, scare in there from, from Maryland this weekend? Well, they've traditionally played very poorly when they go to the shoe, but mm-hmm. this is a different Maryland team. I think that's what the intrigue is. You know, they're 5-0. Yeah. and It's probably their best team in the big since they joined the big 10 we've got again another veteran quarterback in Talia which played a lot of football and played a lot of good football and it, it's one of those things where i think they have to get off to a good start ohio state coming off a of bye week first time we've seen them since they're going to be jacked up because they 
you know, won the game at Notre Dame a couple weeks ago. Marvin Harrison's a little bit healthier. How does Maryland handle that environment? It's never easy to win in Columbus. And when you do win in Columbus, your quarterback has to be lights out. So this is one of those games for, for Talia that if they want to make it a game, he has to be lights out. Okay, another one of those either or, or maybe either neither or, or one or the other. Tougher assignment for the Tongue of Aloha boys. Uh, Tua at home against the Giants are Talia going to the horseshoe for the Terrapins. The, the, well, well, probably Talia has the tougher assignment. Two will be fine, right? The, the yeah. Dolphins pretty good. Yeah. Dolphins, uh, yeah, I lost, no, they lost Buffalo last week, but Tua, pretty good player. And Talia's, like I said, he's played a lot of college football and you're seeing that whether it's him or Penix or Jordan Travis, um, these guys that have played a lot, it, it, it helps. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that they're old veterans in the game and I think, uh, it'll matter a little bit. But I I still like that Ohio State team to win the game. Yeah. Uh, Bill, uh, Cade McNamara was uh, ruled out for the rest of the season earlier this week. Uh, How much does this hurt that Iowa offense? A lot of people like to talk about this Iowa offense this year because of the talk around Brian Ferentz's contract where he needs to average 25 points per game. How much does that hurt with Cade McNamara out? Um, A little bit. I I mean, I think... You know, it's going to be tough. I mean, he he was a transfer quarterback and was still just settling in. I mean, Iowa's offense problems have been deep-rooted for the last couple seasons. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how they fare in the Big Ten West. But it, it's a fun situation for McNamara, a guy that has won a Big Ten championship in Michigan as a starting quarterback. And for him to have that injury, you hate to see that happen to a college kid. After September play has, is now concluded, rank your conferences for us. Rank the, the conferences for us. Um, Pac-12 has been the best. I mean, mm-hmm. in terms of top-to-bottom entertainment, quarterback play, ranked teams, I would say Big Ten, maybe not Big Ten. After that, Big Ten second. They've got three contenders. And remember, they got Washington, Oregon, and USC coming to yeah. them. Uh, SEC's probably third Big 12. And then, I don't know, the ACC, SEC Big 12, ACC, it's because, yeah, Georgia's still on top, but the SEC had a really brutal non-conference schedule. Um, ACC's got some teams. Florida State's getting the attention, but North Carolina and Miami are really good teams. And, uh, you know, the Big 12, it's about Texas and Oklahoma. And I, I don't know outside of that I'd trust anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last thing for you, Bill. Uh, earlier today, the news came down that uh, Tez Walker, a receiver for uh, North Carolina, is now eligible after being ruled ineligible to start the year. Uh, how much does he help a team like North Carolina? Oh, I mean, it's a great addition. I mean, the thing about North Carolina that's scary if you're playing against them is Drake May hasn't played lights out yet. Yeah, that's good point, you know, he's yeah. throwing some picks. He's still playing solid, but they've got a lot around. They've got a running game, Murray and Cooper. They've got a defense with a strong group of linebackers led by Cedric Gray, uh, Gene Chizik defense. And they're, they play Miami next week. That's one. So next week, you're going to get USC, Notre Dame and, and, uh, Washington, Oregon. Those are going to be the headline games. But that third, third game between Miami and North Carolina is going to be a lot of fun because those are two ACC teams that I think have played above their heads, not above their heads, but above expectations yeah. to some extent. 
Yeah, no, that, that will be a really fun game. But, Bill, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Thanks, Bill. Thank you, Bill. Have a great, safe, have a great, safe weekend to our friend Bill Bender from the Sporting News. And we love having Sissy's Log Cabin as part of our team. We love Sissy's Log Cabin in our community, and they're the official jeweler of the Memphis Grizzlies. That new location, it's opening soon. We can't wait, and we're going to be out there when they open. We promise that to Lamar McCubbin, and we can't wait to do it at 4542 Poplar. They're here to stay. Bill Jones and his team, they're here to stay. Some blow in and out overnight, then gone. Not Sissy's Log Cabin, huge supporter of Tiger Athletics, sponsor of our look back at the weekend in the SEC on Mondays, and as I said, proud official jeweler of the Memphis Grizzlies. And they have Memphis Grizzlies jewelry that they they make. You'll love it. Mid-South's largest selection of -of one-of-a-kind jewelry, engagement rings, wedding bands, necklaces, earrings, over 9,000-square-foot store coming soon in Laurelwood with expanded lines for Rolex, Cartier, diamonds, and more. Since 1970, with six locations across Arkansas and Tennessee, Sissy's offers a selection of diamonds, estate jewelry, and fine gifts. Official jeweler for the Memphis Grizzlies, proud supporter of the Tigers, and FedEx Forum with Floor Seat Lounge. Unsurpassed value, exceptional service, expansive selection, and an extraordinary experience because life's too short for ordinary jewelry let's go ahead and get to a break when we come back we'll talk about the baseball playoffs and start previewing these division series that's next on sports time join the voice of the tigers dave woloshin for wolo and friends weekday mornings from 10 to 11 here on sports 56 and 98.5 fm Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Lexus of Memphis. Here are your hosts, Brett Statz-Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome back into Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you from our Family Leisure Studios. And uh, we talked a little bit about the wild card uh, series, but now uh, we have the next round all set. Uh, so taking a look at it on Saturday, we'll uh, kick things off. Rangers versus Orioles will start the day at noon. Uh, 3.30, Twins, Astros, 5 o'clock, Phillies, Braves, and then 8.30, uh, we'll wrap up the night with D-backs, Dodgers. Brett, this is more of the schedule we needed during the wild card. I understand it's a Saturday, so a little different for scheduling, but this is what we could have used Tuesday and Wednesday. And we love you, baseball. Oh, we love baseball. But we, got col- oh. but we got college football on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, this this might, like, you know, I, I, I like to set up my Saturday, especially, like, this weekend, like, Memphis isn't playing. We need this on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have, like, a, the TV on a game. I'll have my computer. I'll have, like, four or five games up on my computer. Baseball might get my phone, maybe. Um, but I, I just, I love baseball, but you're right. It's college football Saturday. With the Ole Miss uh, start time Saturday, I, I'll be able to take in all of Red yeah. River, which I will oh, enjoy oh, doing man. And I'm telling you, that, that, that trip, I, I know people get tired of hearing me talk about it, but I just had such a good time in 2016 at, at that great game. And so I'm going to get to take all that in, and I'll watch a lot of baseball. It, it kind of loose order, one through eight of the teams remaining. What's your preference on who wins it? Do you have one? Or are you, I, I can tell you now, the, probably the strongest I am about any of this is anybody but the Dodgers. Yeah. I would say they're eighth. 
Um, I mean, eighth for me is the Astros. I can't stand the Astros. So they're dead last for me. And maybe if I could go further than eighth, I would put them further than eight. Um, if I, I got could. you. See, I was there with them when they were the Cardinals' big rivalry in uh-huh. the first part of the 21st century with the Killer Bees. I'm not there anymore, and it's it's mostly because of Dusty. Al. Sure, no, I've uh, just come that's the full circle. I like Dusty a lot, but now, I, I used to would him. rank him worse than any eight time <laughs> eight thousand. Yeah, yeah, but I, but he's just he's just such a such a lifer. I think I'm for the Orioles. I, I was just about to say I'd probably say maybe the Braves. I have a lot of friends and stuff that are Braves fans, so I wouldn't mind. I'm not anti Braves. I'm not anti Braves, but Orioles are are right there as well. I mean, this young I'm, team. I'm I, not I would close to anti. I'm not close to anti Braves like I was anti Ted Turner and Jane Fonda, <laughs> and that's the closest I ever get to cussing on the air is mentioning Jane Fonda. <laughs> well, we better stop while we're ahead, Brad. We sure better. <laughs> you know? But no, I definitely, I definitely root for this Orioles team. I mean, you look at this young group of guys that they have, and and uh, really have turned things around. A fun team to watch. I mean, it, it, it's Braves and Orioles probably top one and two for me. That would be a really fun World Series, wouldn't it? It, it would be. It, it would be. I mean, I can't. I can't argue. I think D backs might I also I be wanna, there for me. I don't want to misrepresent that I'm a big Phillies fan, but I've got Philly friends sure. like my friend Greg Gassi, like my friend oh, Pat yeah. Donahue at the Rendezvous. Other uh, uh, Mike Fitzsimmons, big. Fi- I got mm-hmm. a lot of. I, so if they won, I'd be happy for them. Yeah. Uh, you know, just taunt me, you know, my, my good friends that were here with me with, when George Tech was here a few weeks ago, how much they, they love the Braves. Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Hadn't won it since 91, won it in 87 and 91. Uh, if, if they won it, Arizona hadn't won it since mm-hmm. 01. Uh, that, th- that would be okay. I mean, I'm not going to try to pretend that I'm Mr. D-back. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm fine with any team winning it. Except for the Astros. I'd be fine with anybody winning it. At so point. you're dug in on the Strohs. I don't huh? like the Strohs at all. At all. That, you're, you're, and Seattle's your American League team. And, yes. And I, I've told many times that when, when I had one, and it was a long time ago, that my, if I ever had an American League team, it was the Orioles because yeah. of Brooks Robinson from, of course. from Little Rock, Arkansas, but also loved, uh, loved Eddie Murray, mm-hmm. uh, loved Cal Ripken, loved going to games. Uh, when, when I was up there as a much younger person, uh, in, at the old ballpark. Now, I've, I've still, I've never seen Camden Yards and really? that was the revitalization oh, and yeah. moving away from the, the old cookie cutter, uh-huh. Fulton County, Bush Stadium, yep. Veteran Stadium, uh, you, you know, a, a, Three Rivers, everybody had that hideous crossover, <laughs> you know, bl- bl- look in the 70s. Okay, we had a lot of bad looks in the 70s. Yeah. Sanzibel, wide mm. lapels. Mm. Yeah, it just won a, won a great time, I guess. Uh, nothing like the 60s. Oh, man. Um, but, uh, but no, I mean, uh, I'm actually really surprised you've never been to Camden Yards. But um, I think... Talk, I am, too. Talk about just this team in general, but... I think talking about environments and atmosphere, I think that atmosphere is going to be unbelievable in Baltimore when they host. There was a time, and it was a long time ago, when baseball tonight ruled the baseball world. Peter Gammons one night, and I'm talking in the late 80s, before Camden Yards, he said he thought the best two baseball towns in the country were Baltimore and St. Louis. Now, that was Baltimore before the Nationals got you know, we got baseball back in D.C. that that I was that I'm far, 
Uh, I, I was far, and it, it, I think it's been good. But that took a lot of the Oriole fandom mm-hmm. away because that that was DC's team after the after you know the Senators moved to to Texas. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, I, you've sold me, Brett. On the Orioles, I'm gonna. I think. Uh, I think I'm excited about them, and and then taking on the Rangers. I don't have anything against the Rangers either. Um, at, at one point, I would. I'd be okay with Texas, yeah, and at one and point, we, I considered myself we, a Rangers fan, so I have nothing wrong. With and we Texas. saw their guts torn out in 2011. Uh, yeah, no, I, I remember it very was, well, Brett. I remember it very well. I was glad they were torn out, but uh, it was cruel. I, I wasn't. I'll tell you that. I was not. I was uh, I was crying when it happened. But, you know, that was before. I was too, but that I was, was happy. Well, yeah, you are happy tears. That was before I had access to watching all these teams, and it got to the point where I couldn't watch the Rangers ever. So I was like, how can I be a fan of this team if I can never but, see before- them? Before David Freeze touched home plate, oh, I was about to drown everybody around me with happy tears. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that was a lot of fun. I remember exactly where I was when that happened, and I don't think I'll ever forget it. That and the national championship in 08, I don't think I'll ever forget where I was in both those spots, and not for a good reason. So, uh, But that's all the time we have for this first hour. Let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, we'll talk NBA with Keith Smith. 